Hello there, and welcome to the From Page to Picture podcast, where we take you page by page and scene by scene through the movie adaptations of all your favourite books. We are your hosts, Lucy and George, and today we are talking about Ready Player One. For those who are unaware of the plot of Ready Player One by Ernest Cline, the story is set in the year of 2044, and much like 2020, reality is an ugly place for our protagonist Wade Watts. The only time he really feels alive in himself is when he's logged into the virtual world known as the Oasis. What's special about the Oasis though is that after its creator James Halliday died, he revealed that hidden within the game is an easter egg worth $250 billion, giving the lucky player who finds it full ownership of the entire Oasis. Our protagonist Wade, amongst others, is part of a society of hunters who have devoted their life to studying the puzzles of the Oasis, immersing themselves in all things 80s with the hope to figure out the clues. Written by Ernest Cline in 2011, Ready Player One earned Cline the Prometheus Award that same year and the Alex Award from the Young Adult Library Services Association in 2012. The sequel, Ready Player Two, came out last year. The book was adapted by Steven Spielberg in 2018 and starred Ty Sheridan, Olivia Cook, Ben Mendelsohn and Simon Pegg. It did well both critically and financially, bringing in 582.9 million US dollars at the box office and had a Rotten Tomatoes score of 72%. So, book or film? A lot of people tend to prefer the book to the film. I've read a lot of articles about it and they it's always that the film like botches it up but personally I think the film's better I don't know like I I'm gonna go out there and say I hated the book I gave it three stars on Goodreads see if Goodreads did half stars I would have gave it two and a half but they don't so thank you Goodreads for not letting me give it two and a half stars but I think no because I I hate weird but I love the missions of the keys what do you think for the longest time i've gone through and i've read the book repeatedly and i'm like yeah this is so good and then i watched the film and i was like yeah, it's pretty decent but it was no nothing compared to the book but in preparation for this i i watched i've watched the film a couple times but uh <laughs> i've realized that i actually do kind of prefer the film now mostly because wade is really difficult to read in the book really like in your face with his references kind of up himself yeah i i said this to you before he's very much got no flaws in that everything he does he's like oh obviously i can do this i practiced and watched this film five thousand million times i'm like where do you find the time wade where is your flaw he's literally like a mary sue but worse yeah i mean i guess when i first went through it i was like Oh, he's so cool. He can do all that stuff. But now I'm just... Can you please just make me feel more adequate about myself? (laughs) I don't know if you agree, but although the film does him better in that he's much more... um, He's much more humanised. Like, when his aunt dies, he actually runs to save his aunt. Mm. You know the scene where he's, like, talking to Sorrento and he's like, oh, well, trying to be cocky in that, well... If they get rid of you, then I'll join. I feel like, I don't know if it's because of Ty, the actor, or it's just the script. He has no personality and it's just bland. So although he's better in the film in that he's less in your face, he's got no personality for me in the film. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. In terms of him as a character, he's better in that he's not the book character. 
but he's worse in the fact that he's not a character. So I think, I don't know if it's because of the source material, but it seems like neither Spielberg or Klein could make an interesting character. I, I feel like a, maybe the way he comes across in the book is a lot because Klein himself is a nerd. It's like one entire sequence where he spends a chapter on Pac-Man lore, and I was just like, cool, this is interesting, I, I, I don't care. Just get up, go and get the Jade Key. So they've already got the Jade Key, and you're mm. spending five hours telling us about Pac-Man. We've already spent the past, what, ten chapters him just sat around doing nothing and now you want us to as soon as it starts to get interesting again sit around and do nothing yeah which i think which is I where the was... film is better because it's it's only two hours in length which is a good length i think in but it's very fast paced and it gets straight to the point like we start with the race for the first key it doesn't waste time in the school but i think that's kind of the bit i quite like about the book in terms of all like the world building he spends he spends a lot of time building up the world and like how it works both inside of the oasis and outside of it in terms of actual real life and all that. i thought that was really interesting to learn like we had school issued oasis bias but it, it did pad the story a lot it did drag at times definitely yeah i i agree with the whole school bit being really integral to the book i think like especially because you think, oh, well, he's just this gamer that's afforded this Oasis device. But actually, it's because he, like, he's poor and everyone gets given them. And, like, it's from the school. And there's kind of that stake that he has to go to school. If he doesn't, then the Oasis will be taken off him. Which is much more interesting in the book that they kind of just don't put in the mm. film. But then I guess if they had included it, people would be kind of peeved off to begin with at the fact that. I came to this movie about the games. He's in school. Yeah, yeah. I think the film focuses a lot yeah. on the VR. Like, in 2018, VR was very, very new. Like, we're in, what, we're in 2021 now. It's pretty much everyone, like, most major gamers have VR. But back then, it was so new. So I think it does a good job of doing the haptic suits and, like, the whole being immersed when you put those glasses on. It was a really good, in terms of both the book and the movie, like portraying, it's a realistic portrayal about where the next step of all this gaming stuff is going. I said to you, one of my favourite bits in the book, which I'm glad the film actually included, was the end when OG, or, or I think that's how you pronounce his name, OG? Og. Og. <laughs> he, when he's like, oh, well, you need to... Oh no, it's holiday. It's not Og. When he's like, you need to remember that being in this virtual reality isn't the same as actual reality and that you can't just use it to escape real life. And I think that's such a key message in the book that the film gets on point. Mm, I feel like the film actually does even better because one of the really good things the film does is it builds upon the relationship between Og and Halliday. Like their first argument as to why Og leaves the company is because he doesn't like where the oasis has become he feels like it's come like a plague on society and it's keeping everybody from seeing each other and holiday feel, feels like i just want people to have fun but isn't seeing the detriment of what he's made and i feel like that is a really it really brought that message term for me better than the film book even i like like when in the scene where um wade is going to sign the contract for the oasis and he says, no, this is like a test because it goes back to when 
but he uh, Halliday made Og sign the contract to give away his share of it. It's just the parallels between Halliday and Og and Wade and Halliday and Wade and Kira and all that. It, it's all just much more nuanced, I think, in the film, which makes it a lot mm. more interesting. I feel like by the end of the film, I kind of got a lot of Og vibes in Wade. Like, it yeah. seems like he was becoming the best of both of them in a way. Because like, he had all of Halliday's experience and knowledge and love for pop culture. And then he had the kindness of Og and the willingness to share and be with the high five. That's really interesting. I like that. I think that comes across in the book's bit about how he wants to share the money of the Oasis with his friends and how it's not that he's winning it, that he's winning it for all of them, which I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of sad that's not in the film, that it's very much, well, it is because they're all the owners of the Oasis, but it's very much Wade becomes a better person in the book because he worked on his own and then evolves to being in a team that kind of lacks in the film. I kind of disagree. I feel like it worked better in the film because he isn't working by himself this entire time to do it. Like, oh, uh, Artemis is the one to go and destroy the orb of, I'm not going to pronounce it. <laughs> he meets H and Sho and uh, Daito much earlier on and they all help each other out and it's like, they're a team much earlier on and it seemed like a more natural progression. I do, I do agree okay. with you in that the Artemis going and getting the orb of magic orb like she's more involved and in the book they they can't like I wish the book did more focus on H and Artemis in the way the film does and that they have more involvement in actually bringing down Sorrento it's not just all weird 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 Mm. yeah definitely I guess we should talk about the characters themselves and how they oh if they were done justice oh I mean I guess you can't talk about this and not talk about how we expected them to look and how they ended up looking yeah i am traumatized the first time i saw weird on the film i wanted wanted to cry it's so bad i'm not sure how they could have done it better but they could have done it they looked like the fuel of my nightmares for many years to come artemis looks like sonic the hedgehog the red version (laughs) It's scary. I mean, I guess it's supposed to portray that whole, it's a video game. They're supposed to do whatever they want. By the end, I kind of got on board with it. I really liked how they looked in the whole Shining part of it. I thought it looked quite cool then. And I was like, yeah. I think the Shining bit's my favourite bit. Mm. I thought that was really cool. cool. I think the main the main one they get wrong, like I can get past Wade because although he looks like a Pokemon, he's pretty much like still person it's h like why does he look like a massive iron monster like ah it's definitely a unique character design i i did i do kind of like the whole aspect of it's however you want them to look type thing like h is such a unique character to h uh show looks completely unique to show all of these characters you don't see duplicates of them they just look like who they want to be Artemis, by the end, she's embraced who she is in the real world and has shown her birthmark, and that's shown like that. how unique you can make your character. And yeah, Bilbo did that really well. I might it, actually just drop in a fun fact right now about Bilbo. In, 
uh, yes, Steven Spielberg's daughter actually designed three of the characters. Oh, that's cool. What, like the graphics of the characters are? They're like literally designed three of them. There's one character who takes a picture of Wade at the Distracted Globe and she's like this cat lady, you know. Oh, I remember that. That was designed by uh, Steven Spielberg's daughter. That's very cool. I think that's, it's giving creative freedom to her, but also links back to the way you were like, it gives the Wade and Artemis, the real versions of them, creative freedom within the Oasis. It also really emphasises the whole thing that H was saying about, like, it's, it was, they made the joke in the book as well, and I really like it, how that uh, she could be a 300-pound dude who lives in yes. a basement <laughs> named Chuck. I think that danger of uh, who are you talking to, who are you falling in love with, Wade? But then at the same time, and that I, that I agree with that, I I think like the way they've over-masculinated, that is a word, it's probably not a word, but like they've, they've emphasised the masculinity of H makes it, they're trying to make it more of a shock when he turns out that he's a woman, a black woman at the end. But I don't think they need mm. that. In the book, I imagined H just to be any normal guy and that you don't need to make him into like a crazy huge yeah. guy to make it more of an impact it's a lot of he's and dudes and bros and just yeah. you're my bro and it's just like bro fist me bro and just <laughs> hug me bro I, i've read the book i know you are not actually a bro you are just not wanting to tell wade who you are that's just... the thing i think i would have quite liked to not have read the book for this one first and watched the film and found out he was a woman in the film so then so then i could picture him if that makes sense like mm. as a woman I don't know I think because I said to you I didn't know how to picture the stacks and I didn't know how to picture the IOIs and when you watch the film it helps you whereas I think Klein's descriptions don't it, I had a similar thing with I <laughs> watched the Harry Potter films before I read the books oh, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people were quite disappointed with the films because like they don't look exactly how they wanted to look like and jk rowling was disappointed because i said hermione was black she's not black in the films what is this and like (laughs) everyone immediately disagreed with her but like in the uh when i went through and read the books i found it a lot easier because i was just picturing that's not harry potter that's daniel radcliffe yeah and you can picture like it just the set and everything is much easier to picture especially with fantasy novels i think contemporary novels it doesn't matter because there's not that extra world building but you you need something to picture when it comes to stuff that is supernatural and out of the normal Mm. just touching on how you struggle to picture the ioi people Mm. were you happy with how they were portrayed in the film i was i i didn't realize it until i watched it but i liked how they were all basically the same and they were all on the little pods and they all had their own cars that looked exactly the same. It was this idea that they are a corporate body that's fueled by like capitalism that don't have the individuality that Wade does. So I did enjoy it, yeah. Yeah, when I first watched the film, I was like, that is as perfect as you could get for like an adaptation for what the villain looked like. I don't know why, whenever I read the book initially, I just expected Noan Sorrento to be this like hipster kid. Being like, <laughs> typing behind his keyboard being like sup i'm gonna blow your house up now but ben mendelson i thought it was really good as nolan like this capitalist douche and his like kind of superhero avatar was really cool as well i felt 
I like when he's he's giving the facts to Wade and you zoom in on the, the guy behind the mic and the, he's telling him instead, like, you don't see that in the book. It just tells you, oh, he's got a lot of nerds, like, working for him. But it was just cool how it was, like, this corporate suit guy, but then it's, like, all these nerds behind him, like, oh, well, you know, you need to say that, that, he'll realise. Yeah, I feel like in the book, it kind of tries too well to humanize Nolan because like Wade said that oh he he was a game developer before he sold his soul and he actually made some pretty good games here he's like he doesn't know any of this shit he just wants the money he wants the paycheck and I really like the whole aspect where they're in the board meeting and he's like we can fill up 90% more of their screen without inducing seizures (laughs) yeah that's bad but funny yeah I thought that was really good Um... I didn't like how those, uh, you might have been about to say it, how they handled Daito in terms of the IOI. Yeah, how they... Because they, they killed him in the book, but they don't kill him in the film. And I think it's important to kill him in the film because it gives Shaw that motivation to get revenge on Sorrento, whereas there's no stake there in that someone's been killed, like one of the top five has been killed. It's just let them win. After the whole... Wade almost dies. It's like, okay, we kind of know that IOI is scary. But yeah. then them being able to just go into Daito's flat and just kill him by just throwing him out a window is just like, holy shit. They're going to do anything. And masking it as suicide as well. Like, it's like, shit, these have power. I really liked how Sho was an 11-year-old kid in the movie. I love I that like so much. <laughs> it would have been even more interesting if they had still killed Daito and it was this little kid who spent his days playing video games and the person he fought of as a big brother. I don't actually know if they addressed if they were related in the movie at all. Because I know I in the book, they're actually not related. Yeah, I found that interesting how they weren't actually related, but they saw themselves as brothers in the Oasis because they always spent time with each other. I don't think, they definitely don't mention it in the film, I don't think. Mm. I think as well, I like that Artemis is the one that infiltrates the IOI. I think, the only downfall in the film, though, is that they don't show her getting access to all that information in the same way Wade does in the book. I really liked it when Wade finally saw the picture of Artemis and was like, oh, that's what she looks like. And the same with Daito and Shaw. But that's kind of missing in the film. It kind of just seems rather than Artemis using her own intelligence, which we know she's smart, she has to be saved by guys. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I only just managed to scrape out of each of these scenarios like i'm in nolan's office get the information but i just managed to get out and then when wade kills her he's like oh god surrender's about to get me and then another guy comes in it's kind of like she's not doing anything she's just along for the ride yeah undermines her power as a woman i also didn't like when he gets to know her identity way before they've even tried to get the third key. Whereas there's a power to the way he comes out of that dock in the book and is like, oh, Artemis is waiting for you. And it's like the, the anticipation to see who this woman he's fallen in love with actually looks mm. like. It's much more exciting in the book than it is in the film. Yeah, it's, it's a, I think it's like a really good ending. Just so I have no interest in going back into the Oasis. Well, at the end of the film, it's like, Yay, they saved the day, and now I get to see the woman I've already seen a few times before. And they made them kiss, and then they went horizontal while kissing, and it just, oh. 
I, I think that was a bit too campy. It was not good. I mean, I don't like the love plot at all. It's borderline stalking and obsessive. It's a lot worse in the book. Did like how they toned it down in the film a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's just in the... They still kind of hint in the film how easy like, I watch all of her Let's Plays and live streams and I'm like, okay, he's still a bit creepy, Wade. But in the book, he's really bad. I can't believe in the book she lets him email her and she emails back. I'm like, dude, you don't know who this guy is. Block his emails. Controversial, but I think the 80s references in the film are a lot well done than they are in the book. I like... The soundtrack is obviously all 80s and every item like bike, the guns, it's all from other films. But I think it worked that it doesn't come across as pretentious in the way it does in the book. Yeah, I definitely agree because it seems in the film they're like, okay, we're going to call all this pop culture stuff, which everyone who watches this film will, will get majority of it, if not all. But in the book, he's like, I'm going to try and include as many references. And if you don't get all of them, you suck. <laughs> but in the film it is a lot better and it's a lot more tamed down in fact there's you can be like oh yeah it's quite good for a rewatch because you can be like oh in the background there's that one character from that movie i like yeah that's quite cool but at the same time i think like the film itself and the way it comes across almost comes across as a children's film not children children but like teenager and in some ways if you're not massive film nerds and like have watched everything of the 80s then those teenagers won't really understand the references so it's kind of like a disparity there yeah definitely i mean i'm going to expose you and say that you haven't watched the iron giant (laughs) i'm going to expose you and say that you haven't even heard of the iron giant let alone see it so that's like one example like and even in the book, there was... I mean, I was able to get the reference of the Iron Giant. I haven't seen the film, but I know of the film and that there's a giant Iron Giant kind of clues in the title, but I did enjoy seeing it. I just thought it was a cool Iron Giant. I, I didn't know the reference. <laughs> it was just a cool giant that was iron. What did you think of the way they... Cha- so obviously there's no gates in the film and there's... In the book, you have to get the key and then you have to unlock the gate and then you get the next clue for the key. What did you think of the way they changed the keys and the way you did it to get those keys in the film? I think it made sense and actually worked potentially better because I didn't really see the point of having gates and keys in the book because basically what happened in the book is as soon as he got a key, he got the gate as well. And I thought it was just client's excuse to throw even more pop culture references at us. But I, I have my own personal gripes with the first key in the film, but the Shining key, and then I really liked how it was adventure game at the end, and it was a whole reference, like, this is the first Easter egg. Go get the first Easter egg. And yeah, that. I think the Shining was a really good decision because it wasn't just that they had to battle the fear of the Shining. It was that you didn't, it's not that you're looking for the key of all the keys in The Shining, because obviously The Shining has so many keys. You're looking for the specific Kira key, which makes it more complicated. But I kind of, I really, really wanted to see him play Joust. I'd like, I've never, I don't even know what Joust is. I just wanted to see him beat this massive king at Joust. The big thing in the book is that even though Halliday had given the first clue, no one had any idea where to start. And, as soon as Wade not only figured it out, 
and managed to beat it and then get the first gate on a matter of a few hours. And it was just, it was so cool to see like the explosion and oh my God, did that just happen? Who is this Wade guy? And it's, I thought that was really cool. But in the film, it's, it's this whole race thing. And, and I don't know why anybody wouldn't have fought to just reverse. And just to, go backwards. Like, eventually, people would have just got bored in five years of trying to go forward and being like, hey, beep, beep. No one fought to do that. And I thought that was kind of unrealistic. Yeah, I also, yeah, I don't know if I got this wrong, but the the way he was like, oh, H, the race is about to start, as if, like, there's always a race weekly to win the key. It was not like, oh, you need to know all of this secret stuff about Halliday to then know when to find the key. It was like, oh, we've given you where the first key is. You just have to solve it. Yeah, it kind of just made that, oh, do you want to go do a cool race? Go yeah. do it, and you might get a key. That first key just kind of felt ironically like just a gateway to all the holiday knowledge yeah i think speaking of the holiday knowledge the journals in the film is a lot cooler than the book so like i've already said that he just apparently has all this knowledge in his brain and his tiny little journal of holiday but in the idea that you can go and watch actual scenes of holiday and or in the journals is a very cool i think Mm, reminded me of like a cool little library type thing and I'm like I would go there just chill I really like Og being the person in charge of the curator curator yeah I thought it was really cool how he was the curator it was a really cool twist and the fact that he was the one to give Wade the coin rather than having to do like a 10 hour stint of Pac-Man it one showed how committed Wade was with being able to out-knowledge the curator about holiday knowledge. And it was quick. It was over in like five seconds. And I was like, okay, he now has an excuse to survive. I think it also kind of made it feel a lot like a token, like, here you are, you have stood in front of this journal for five hours. This is your reward. Where like, you just played Pac-Man, Wade. Like, no one cares about Pac-Man. You're, in the film, it's much more like you're getting that extra life because you dedicated your time to watching Halliday's life on these journals instead of just playing Pac-Man. It felt so jarring in the book because it was like, oh, my God, it's like this big reveal at the end of a chapter that Artemis has found the Jade Key and everyone's like, oh, my God. And then Wade's just skirting it all around trying to find it. And, oh, yeah, I, I already know this isn't correct, but... I am of a hunch, and I'm like, you're about to get a punch. Get, get a, a punch from us, because you wasted 500 pages on Pac-Man. I also, I really, really did not want Wade to win in the book. I was, every time that scoreboard came up on the page, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, he's not at the top. Like, someone else is going to win, and he's just wasted all his life, and he'll have to live in the stacks forever. And although it's not kind of like that in the competitions, not really there in the film, I just wanted someone else to win. I think that is partly to do with the fact that Wade did everything in the book. Like He was the one who brought down IOI. He was the one who started it off. But, but I think in the film, because they built up the whole he's with the high five, like they're working together. Artemis taking down IOI. H driving the van is Lorenzo. Oh my God, Lorenzo? Lorenzo? <laughs> Sorrento, as uh, Sorrento is chasing them, and Sho and Daito trying to take down the uh, head of security, who was a really cool character in addition in the film. Yeah. Uh, he kind of felt like it wasn't Wade winning, it was them winning. Yeah, he just happened to have to defeat Adventure 
But then I did like how in the book, it's even though it's him with his own life, like they're there in the back of his head being like, oh, do you know the next line? And do you know this? Do that, do that. And even mm. Artemis giving him the tip on how to get the extra bonus points, which although every sixer knows how to do it, it was just quite cool that it was like a combination of knowledge. That bit was one of my favourite bits of the book, but then it, it kind of feel like it was by that point, Klein realised, oh, I've kind of made Wade do everything. Maybe I should spoon feed uh, <laughs> Artemis a few lines and just, while it was good, I thought it was a bit too late. Yeah, I do think the book falls short in that the beginning is very hard to get to the main bit when he starts to search for the key and then it picks up and then it slows down and then it actually is a really good book at the end, but it's mm. you've finished reading it by then and you, you're just like, well... The last third, you just zoom through it. Yeah, I found the same. I Because I, I really struggled to get into it. And I don't know if that's because I'm a girl in sexist terms and I don't really play games and don't really know all the gaming knowledge. But I really struggled to get into it. But then once I was into it, I was like, come on, like get the next key. Like, come on. <laughs> One thing about Wade is that he cannot leave Ludus. Like, H and everyone doing all these cool things on different planets and he can't because he's got no money. But in the film, he starts off with his cool Batmobile. There's no progression to his money. Did you just call the DeLorean from Back to the Future a Batmobile? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it looks uh, like a Batmobile. Right. I, I really it really doesn't. Back to the Future. I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> but you get what I mean? Like, there's no progress to him in that he gets this money and then he's allowed to build his car and his gear and his suit and everything. He just starts off like that in the film. I, I do get what I mean, but at the same time, I think a lot of viewers of the film, and probably myself, to be honest, would have kind of got bored having to watch him just mull about on a school planet. Mm. I start off with nothing, being like, so you're this supposed to be this top-level gunter, and you have nothing? Yeah, that's true. One character I kind of think of as a new character in the film, but is in the actual book, is Irock. I thought he was done really well in the film. There's just this like secondary antagonist. Yeah, he's very annoying in the basement, in the book. And then obviously he reveals the fact that they were school kids. So that's how every gunner knows to go to Ludus. But he's much more, like his suit in the film, it's a skull. That is cool. Like his chest, you can see right through. Yeah. I was like, wow, this guy's a full-on edgelord incel. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very, he's cooler, I think. And just more interesting. I think that's what Spielberg does right. He gives the secondary characters the space and the narrative that they actually deserve that Klein just doesn't. Right, I think I told you this before, but I think in the film, it's much better at portraying the characters with the exception of Wade, but I think Wade was a lost cause to begin with. But <laughs> the book does a lot better with the whole, the Oasis is like a concept, both in and out in terms of all the stuff it does. I thought it did a much better job. I guess kind of because you only have a two-hour film and you've got an entire plot to do and you don't really have time to build up this world. It just, it straight up zooms you in. Like the first scene in the film is you going through all the planets, which is really cool. Speaking of Batman, Batman was there, which is really cool. I, I really like that bit. It's like, you can climb Mount Everest with Batman. Yeah. Going back to your point about how it's kind of hard to digest all the Easter eggs in the book, it's like, 
there's something for everybody in the film. You'd be like, I don't really know. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't really know Blade Runner, but I know who Batman is. That's kind of a cool Easter egg. And it, and it even had, because the book came out in 2011, this came out in 2018, it had a lot more recent stuff as well, which was really nice to see. And it's kind of like a, a love letter to culture in a way. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you don't know what Blade Runner is, I, I don't really want to be friends with you. I mean, you don't know what Iron Giant is, so... Blade Runner is way better than Iron Giant, and even though you I haven't, haven't seen it, it. Blade Runner is so pretty to watch. It's just a classic. Mm, I agree. <laughs> okay, do you want to know my cool fact? That's not really that cool. I mean, sure, but it's not going to do anything against my cool fact. But I'll, I'll hear you out. So you probably know this because we probably both read the same cool fact, like ten cool facts of Ready Player One on Google. <laughs> Literally, I just I typed in cool facts about Ready Player One. <laughs> literally did the same thing um but on the ioi cars they have oh you're kidding me do you have that cool fact i have that same fact (laughs) it's so cool it's like so they have on the the qr codes on the bonnet of the ioi cars that when you scan them it takes them to the warner bros website and i when i read that i was like what if you're in the cinema you get your phone and you scan the qr code and you're just there in your seat like on warner bros website (laughs) Is that kind of Warner Bros. telling us that it is the corporate stooge? Or like the, is the corporation the evil? Is it a cry for help from some sort of programmer or like designer? It's like send help. <laughs> Warner Bros. is sucking out our souls. Warner Bros. Like working for Warner Bros. is the equivalent of when Wade goes into IOI to infiltrate it. Exactly. But that is my cool fact. I can't believe I can't believe you had the same cool fact as me. Did have that previous cool fact as well. I had the one about Steven Spielberg's kid. That was so a cool fact. Do you think they'll do a Ready Player Two film? Oh, I I think they probably will. I mean, they didn't really need to do another book, and for, I haven't read the new book. I've been kind of apprehensive to give it a read because all the reviews have been so bad. Mm. But I think it's only a matter of time before this. I don't know if Spielberg will come back to do it. Yeah, I think. If he did, it'd have to be because he thought Ready Player One was a success, and I don't, I don't know if he thinks Ready Player mm. One's a success. Or I mean, not. it did make that like five hundred million, but I don't know in terms of how much it cost to make if that was profitable enough. Yeah, I reckon it costs a lot to make because the visual effects on it are very cool. Mm. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I guess they're gonna look at the idea. I did. I don't even know if perhaps. After the first movie, they're like, okay, we're definitely making another film, even before Klein had begun writing the second book. I I feel like some films, when they end, you know they know they've got a sequel because you can see it. But when that ended, I think it ended well. Like, there was nowhere I was like, okay, that definitely is like a a shout out to the viewer that there will be a sequel. It is nice to just have those kind of like closed loop films and books. So it's kind of frustrating to see that they're going to try and beat the dead horse and keep it going. Yeah, I think as well, like, there's, say in a TV show, I always think that the first few seasons are good. And then it's when they get onto like season four that it goes downhill. And it's the same with films in that if you're going to keep going with like loads and loads of films, come on, like Fantastic Beasts. They've got like 10,000 lined up exaggerated obviously but it's just going to eventually get worse and worse and worse as you go on because you're running out of original content if you have the idea to have a trilogy or like four film saga 
it's clear from the Marvel films that Kevin Feige has had an idea from the very start. Like the entire Endgame was just this whole cycle. So that's yeah. kind of why I'm worried for where that's going now. Because it's like, okay, where now? And yeah. I feel that is kind of going to be the issue with Ready Player Two if that ever gets made into a film. And I think that is a lot, a lot of the arguments I've been seeing about the book. It's just isn't needed. Yeah, I read one review that was like, weird is written very out of character, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, if he's a nicer character, then please give me it. But in the way that it just doesn't, it's the things he does in the book are just not needed. And it's just another way of Klein adding more references that he apparently couldn't fit into the first book. I'm tempted to read it at some point, but I'm going to wait for it to go on sale <laughs> for about 5p. 5p? It won't go on sale for 5p. <laughs> eventually, eventually. When books are no longer a thing. That'll be a sad day. That will be a sad day. But I guess we've reached the end of the credits. End of the page. End of the page. Ooh. Before we go, book or film. Ready Player One edition. It's always I mean, for me to be the book, but now it's the film. That's interesting. I'm going to say film. I think I had a much happier time watching the film than I did reading the book. And if anybody listening has read the book or watched the film, maybe let us know what your opinion is of which you think is better. Yeah. And then I can argue with you until you stop answering my messages. Thank you for listening and join us next time to hear our thoughts on The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt.